All right. Uh, well, I guess we can start the episode. Yeah, I think so. I think we have everything we need. Your move! It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about episode... 31. 31. Uh, Keith's Machinations. Machinations? Machinations. Ma- machinations. Keith's Machine Nation. Keith's Machine Nations, part one. Uh, yeah, happy December, Jimmy. Hey, happy December. We we made it. It feels like it's been an eternity this this year. It, it does. I feel like every month of this year has been its own year. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't to me. And I think the way that I've just had to gauge this year is like in whatever shit is happening in like American political news. Yeah. Uh, because there's something distinct and unique every month. Yeah. So much stuff is happening that it just extends time itself to fit all this junk in. Right. <laughs> like literally every single day there's news stories coming about about new awful things that are going on. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we didn't have to wake up and immediately read 10 news stories to catch up on what's what's happened in my country. <laughs> literal literal years ago. <laughs> yeah, literal years ago. Yeah. It just hit me like today that next year's 2019 and then we're in the 2020s. That's pretty like, crazy. That's a sci-fi year. That's legit yeah. like this is from a sci-fi novel. We are living that year. I always thought the first sci-fi year was 2017. It just sounds I mean futuristic and fictional like in the year 2017. I mean a machines lot of people thought that for the year the 2000 too like uh I guess that's one thing, yeah, but that was a while ago. Yeah. What movie was I just watching? 2001 A Space Odyssey? No, I mean, yeah, but no, I just I was just watching something. I forget what. Uh, but it took place in the year 2012 and it was like this apocalyptic Ooh. thing. God, that's going to bug me that I can't remember it now. But anyway, yeah. It wasn't yeah. 2012, was it? It might have been 2012. Maybe I saw an <laughs> ad for 2012. That would make sense. But yeah, like we're like we should have seen multiple apocalypses by now, according to like media and or whatever you know weird sect of Christianity has been predicting the doomsday for the last twenty years. I mean, to be fair, it kind of feels like we've lived through the apocalypse. That's fair. Maybe this is it. Maybe we were all dead. Oh damn! We were all ghosts the whole time. And only Bruce Willis could see us. Or Haley Joel Osment. I never understood the ending of that movie. At one point. The point is, we're dead. Right. <laughs> someone can see us and someone can't. Uh, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a great tweet today that made me feel very like strangely happy. And it was, good news, we all die one day. <laughs> and it kind of just Isn't... made me feel like at peace with things like oh yeah okay well it doesn't really matter what that person thought of me then all right isn't that just like millennial comedy in a nutshell right i think there? it is i think it is did you see that news article that was going around this week about no i know you did because you tweeted about it 
the one where it was like, uh, turns out millennials actually have the same spending habits as baby boomers. They just have less money to spend. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, wow, this you deep finally dive. cracked the code. It was like this a deep dive into why like millennials are quote unquote killing certain industries, but it just turns out that we're all poor. <laughs> Like the world's greatest experts are absolutely baffled. Why aren't millennials buying houses? Why aren't millennials buying diamonds? Hold on, let me enter my Sherlock mind palace <laughs> to deduce this hidden secret that's eluded the world's top minds. Oh, it's because we don't have any fucking money. Gee. Wow. Wow. What a what a development. <laughs> Uh, well, presumably this is a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh, but as we do every week, uh, we like to spend some time talking about our recommendations, uh, something that you can do with your 20 minutes rather than watching an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh, because even if you don't value your time, we do. Uh, Jimmy, what's your recommendation this week? I had to think about it for a little bit, but my recommendation this week is to play some Assassin's Creed. Mm. I finally got out my Xbox 360. And when I had gone to the Retro Gaming Expo here in Portland a while back, I had picked up Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is kind of a sequel to Assassin's Creed uh, Black Flag, the pirate oh, one. okay. All right. And it came out the same time as uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, their big game, so no one has played it, but it's really fun. Oh, that might be why I haven't heard of it. Okay. Yeah, this is the one where you start off as an assassin, but then the character... Um, has a change of heart and starts working for the Templars instead. Oh, weird. All right. Yeah, and if you haven't played good? Assassin's Creed before, I'm sure some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but in the mythology of Assassin's Creed, there are two uh, secret societies, the Templars and the Assassins, who have been at the secret war for each other for thousands of years over these um, control of the, these ancient artifacts from a pre-human civilization. Right, and they have like magical powers or something. Yeah, basically, mag- it's basically magical technology. Right, is a thing, and so um, you go into this machine and relive your genetic memories of your ancestors who were like in the Middle Ages or whatever, hunting down these artifacts and like assassinating the Pope or whatever. Yeah, have you? To get to it. Did you ever end up watching the Assassin's Creed movie? I never got around to it. No, I was just thinking about that last night, actually. I was like, I know it's super bad, but I kind of want to watch it. Just yeah. Cause. I mean, I, I like Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of hard now, I think, to... Ha- like, if you have, like, even a phone, I'm sure there's an Assassin's Creed game there, right? Oh, yeah. There's, like, some mobile games that they've made. I don't know if they're just- good. I don't know if they're they're not like the same type of games, obviously, as you might find on consoles or PC. But right. Um, so so yeah. let me ask let me ask you this: What because you've played a lot of Assassin's Creed, right? You've played. I have, yeah. Most I've of the games, probably. Most up until the more recent generation, the last couple. Right. What they haven't had anything to play them on. Oh right, yeah, because you have some of the now older consoles, I guess. Yeah. What keeps bringing you back to that series like what about it makes each game like worth visiting um i just really enjoy the all the different historical settings and um say what you will about ubisoft or ubisoft or however the hell you pronounce it but they put ubisoft (laughs) ubisoft they put so much care and effort into just lovingly rendering these 
uh, time periods and like the clothes everyone is wearing and all the, the structures and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous world building. Um, I really enjoy the gameplay where you're just sneaking around and like having to hide in plain sight to jump out and attack someone and run away into the crowd and that sort of thing, which they've strayed away from a little bit because there's a lot more fighting in the recent games, whereas the first two, I think, were a lot heavier on having to like sneak everywhere, mm -hmm. where in these you can just run around on the rooftops and then fight your way through 50 guards and stab the duke or whatever. But um, there's still a lot of that, which is really enjoyable and it's fun to just kind of outwit the artificial intelligence of all these people walking around right yeah yeah i i can imagine there because a lot of the criticism i've seen for assassin's creed has been like oh th that building isn't historically accurate or like you know this representation of florence in the mid 1600s isn't like perfect 100 percent spot on but yeah right. well one it's a video game two um who knows what it looked like back then. And so it's really just them trying to distill the essence of these cities into something that looks pretty similar. And you right. can go to there and see like, oh yeah, that's, that's Florence. And that was actually um, when I was actually in Florence and Italy, that was one of the things I really noticed. Hmm. Um, I'd be walking around these like ancient cities and I would recognize these places, these buildings and I, was, I would think to myself, why does this look so familiar to me? And it's because, oh yeah, in Assassin's Creed, I like beat up a guy in that corner right over there of this very building. <laughs> <laughs> I've climbed this wall. Right. Does that... And so they, they do a really good job of um, making it tr faithful to these historical structures and also putting a bunch of fun video game stuff in there. Right, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like, even if it's not 100% like historically accurate, the conceit of the game is like it's a video game within the video game that you're playing. So yeah. you are a video game character. They do give themselves a lot like, of leeway. Yeah. Uh, in that terms, because the video game environment, quote unquote, that you're in is like within the fiction of the game, its own uh, virtual world essentially because right, it's right. computers doing their best to recreate these memories uh from that are embedded in your dna and if it, there's like weird glitches here and there then it they can explain they can hand wave it away as being you know just a, a fragment of a, a memory that didn't load correctly or whatever right, and in exactly. some cases uh they really lean into that um in a couple of games um, you'll have like fragmented memories and like the game world is all weird and vague and like loading in as you walk around and it's like oh. shattering off into the distance just because it's corrupted. Isn't, is it black flag where you're like a QA tester for basically Ubisoft and that's like the conceit of the game is you are a game tester playing the video game. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, you do work for uh, Abstergo entertainment and um, you're reliving your own genetic memories. Right. To, Abstergo, uh, which is a things. front for the Templars, uh, right? Yeah, it's a front yeah. company for the, the Templars that they're using to deep dive into the, everyone's memories and find right. like these historical places where they might find these artifacts. So in the modern day, they can go there and find them. Right, right. 
And there's a lot of this uh, in the in Assassin's Creed Rogue. That's kind of the same thing, where you're just another guy working there, and you wake up in your your animus, and um, something in the memories has accidentally caused a virus and broken everyone's machines. Oh, yeah. Huh. All right. Cool. It's pretty fun. Yeah. If you like. If you like sneaking around and stabbing people, I say give Assassin's Creed a go. In I've heard video, the re- in video games, I should qualify. In video games, let if me be like clear. If you like that in real life, you should seek help and or turn yourself in. <laughs> yeah. What's your recommendation? Uh, my recommendation this week, uh, so I uh, just for the last couple of years have gotten really into making playlists of YouTube videos that I like, primarily like music-related YouTube videos. Um, not necessarily music videos, but just like videos with good music or videos about music or, or what have you. Um, so my recommendation this week is actually a music video that came out, uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago when this episode comes out and it's Tessa Violet's Bad Ideas. Hmm. Uh, Tessa Violet is an artist that I've listened to for, uh, probably about a year now. She's been around for a while. Um, but her music is very like... Uh, I mean, I guess you'd describe it as like, it's like twee poppy, like, uh, it's all about sort of, uh, like awkward and unrequited love. Um, oh. uh, she had a, a great uh-huh. single out, uh, in this last year called crush, uh, which has a very good music video filmed in a grocery store. That's just about her having a crush on somebody. This video is, uh, well, it, it's called bad ideas and it's just about like, you know, her having a crush on somebody and knowing that like texting them is a bad idea. Um, but she wants to anyway, even though she knows it's a bad idea. The music video is just amazingly arranged and art directed. Uh, she has like, I think eight different, uh, jumpsuits that are color coordinated to the scenes that she's in. Uh, so like at one point she's on, uh, I think it's like a tennis court and she's wearing a green that like complements the green of the tennis court or she's like in a desert and is wearing a yellow that complements the yellow of the sand. Um, it's very, very, very well done. Uh, and I, I think just like on accident, uh, she has made the word yikes, the anthem of 2019. There's a really great part in the music video where she just says yikes and it's fantastic. Um, but it's one of the few, it's actually the only music video that I watched the second it was released. I actually had a reminder in YouTube telling oh, really? me when this, yeah. Cause, uh, she like announced it weeks and weeks ago. Um, and it came out on Spotify a couple of days ago, but the music video dropped last night and you could set a reminder to watch it at midnight the night it released. So I, uh, hit play right as it was released and i had the comments up on my phone and i could see oh, like the comments streaming. just streaming in live streaming and everyone's just like freaking out and like you know heart emojis and and everything so it was really cool to like see the community reaction to this music video as i'm oh, watching the fun. music video um so that experience i also recommend but uh yeah if you get a chance go and watch tessa violet's bad ideas uh even if you don't like even if the music itself isn't necessarily your jam, like I've tried playing Lauren a couple of her songs and like, it's just not everybody's thing and that's fine. The production quality of the video itself is phenomenal. Well, I'll have to give it a look. I do have a soft spot in my heart for pop music. So yeah. And you'll appreciate the art direction if nothing else. Of course. 
Um, but yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, do you want to talk about this episode? Let's do it. It's time to discuss the episode. Uh, as I said, this episode is episode 31, Keith's Machinations, part one. Um, I don't know whose turn it is to do the recap. Do we, do we just want to do the recap together, kind of? Sure. I mean, last week it kind of threw off our first you and then me and then you and then me groove because I was watching it in real time as we watched it. Yeah, but I kind of enjoy that. Uh, sure. Well, let's let's... Let's both do it and talk about it. Okay. You have a lot more notes here, so why don't you start us off? So this episode starts at the end of the last episode, you know, as sequential things do. (laughs) Um, As happens in time. It ends with Yugi winning the the duel against Mai and Croquet, uh, who's Pegasus's like right hand dude, announcing, you know, the first match of the... Uh, well, what is his what is his voice even? I guess that's my first question. He needs to get like a glass of orange juice or some uh, some throat lozenges or something because his voice was very rough and gritty this episode, and it was very hard on the ears. He sounds like man. he sounds like he has been chain smoking and has not had a glass of water for thirty years. <laughs> Like, he's just down here and he says, the first duel of the whatever championship has been completed. Yuki Moto. God, it's hurting me to even do it. It hurts to do it. It's pain. It's more painful than doing a Kaiba voice. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I guess the stress of uh, working God, for Pegasus has got to him. I guess. But like. So anyway, he announces, okay, yeah, Yugi won. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, and we see, uh, this is my first note, actually. We see big Yugi transform back into little Yugi. Yeah. And there's no, like, real effort put into the animation. They just kind of do a no. crossfade between it's two frames. It's literally just a, just a crossfade where it goes whoop. And it's really weird. Like, it happens in front of everybody. And I, I don't think anyone else notices, right? It didn't seem like it. It didn't seem that way. Um, it's a lazy transition, but I guess it's less horrible than the alternative where he like would physically shrink. I guess. I don't know. It still makes me uncomfortable because it, it makes me uncomfortable just because we've seen people react to his transformation before, and I never know when they're not going to react to it. Yeah. It's like, what does this actually look like? Are the animators just being lazy here, or is that just what it looks like, where he, like, fades into a a smaller version of himself? Right. I mean, like, you know, a little column A, a little column B, but I don't know. Uh, Anyway, so he transforms back into uh, 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 Little Yugi, and uh, it's announced that uh, the next duel is going to be starting now, basically. Uh, And the next duel is Joey Wheeler versus Bandit Keith. Uh, and at that point, is that when Pegasus does the weird clapping? Uh, I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I think he claps to, uh, congratulate Yugi on his victory. It's like a slow clap. Yeah. He just starts clapping. It, it was a weird slow clap because his hands are only like a couple of inches apart. So it's like, not even a slow clap. Right. But like then a, everyone like a reacts slow weird. golf clap. Exactly. But everyone reacts weird to it because he starts cheering for this uh, victorious champion and everyone just turns around and goes, huh? Right, yeah. And like they forgot he was there or something. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it sounds like. 
Um, and so, uh, 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 what, what do they say? So croquet is like, uh, okay, it's starting soon. So get ready. Uh, and then Tristan like takes this moment, I guess, to give Joey some encouragement kind of. Yeah. Joey says, I got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Or something along those lines. And Tristan like grabs him from behind and is like, actually you have a lot to worry about. And he's like, uh, Bandit Key's a better duelist. Uh, he's beaten a lot of people. He's physically intimidating. Uh, he's the intercontinental he's champion. Intercontinental champion. That's the word that they keep using. Um, yeah, and then Croquet's like, all right, get ready right now. And then everybody kind of just fucks off for a bit. Like, Yeah. I think everyone just ignores him. They, like, go backstage, basically, into the castle's weird just empty hallways yeah like yugi goes because yugi was still down at the dueling arena over mm-hmm. the bottomless pit so he goes into the hallways and that's when he runs into joey who's coming the opposite direction to get to the the duel arena yeah and they have a very serious conversation about like hey what happens if joey wins because then they'll have to face each other and yugi says well they'll just have an honorable duel and there doesn't seem to be any real sense of urgency no, between the two of them, like the, even though the, they were just told to like hurry the fuck up. And it's weird because like next time these guys meet, it's going to be probably like on the the field of battle, and it's like mm, I look forward to a, a nice and honorable match with you, Joey. I mean, your sister is going to be blind forever, but. That's, yeah, that's what happens. I look forward to meeting you. Goodbye. Yeah, and that was in my notes. It's like either your sister stays blind forever, or my only father figure stays trapped in the shadow realm forever. But inside we'll still of the be best friends. tape, yeah, we'll still be best friends. No big deal. Yeah, he says that we'll be best friends, like yeah. at the end, and then they just leave. Will like, what go? a weird note to leave hanging there. I mean, I mean, like, I guess you don't want to be like, you don't want to tell your best friend like hey, if we have to duel each other, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> or, like, I'm going to kill your grandpa, right? I'm going to blind your sister. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna tell you that. But yeah, maybe just but, don't say anything, you know? Yeah. Show some support for your friend there, buddy. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah. So then they... I forget exactly how this happens. So he ends... He, he, Joey goes back up to the... Um, to the duel arena and he's ready mm-hmm. to duel and then he looks over and bandit keith is just chilling on a couch right yes the and couch. this i think bandit keith brought his own couch there wasn't because a that's couch not there something before. no i don't think that's the sort of thing pegasus would have in his like beautiful ornate passageway that's just a like a random shitty couch that you would find on craigslist or something I think Bandit Keith brought his own couch and put it there just so he could recline on it and be a smartass. Yeah, it's not even like a fainting couch or like a chaise lounge, right? It's a no. It's this just isn't a like a couch. This isn't like a 17th century French couch or anything. This is just a boring brown couch, right? That, yeah. Uh, I had and, in my notes about the couch uh, that the shot of him on it, it shows him like the cameras like looking at his feet first and then his head's kind of further away. And the, the shot is supposed to be like foreshortening. Like it's supposed to be animated. So where it looks that way, but they don't quite get the dimensions. Right. So for like 
maybe half a second. It kind of just looks like Bandit Keith is maybe 12 feet tall. Yeah, and like six of those feet is just legs. Right, 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 right. Like he's got legs like for days going down and down and down. And then right at the end, there's a little bit of Bandit Keith. <laughs> Gotta love that leggy Bandit Keith. <laughs> Dem legs. Dem Bandit Keith legs. Uh, but I do remember this. So, so Bandit Keith is like chilling on the couch uh, behind the peanut gallery and he's just, you know, just chilling, not worried at all. Like he's not even in the duel arena and Joey starts getting angry at him and he is like, no, nah, all right, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if you even get to duel me. I'm not worried. Uh, and then Croquet in his still weird voice is like, all right, time to show the duel verification cards. Please drink dual verification can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, have you, you know, seen that post? No. What is? Okay. What? No. Um, it was a, a post I saw a while back when um, Xbox was doing their uh, Connect whole their whole deal with the Connect. Do you remember the Connect for I, the three sixty? Unfortunately, I do remember the Connect. Yes. It was a a joke about how in the future, uh, since all their branding is tied up with like Mountain Dew. Uh-huh. Uh, in the future to like play games or do anything you'll have to like crack open a mountain dew and drink it oh my god <laughs> it was like like the connect would be telling you to please drink verification can oh, so gosh. like every time you want to do anything you would just have to like have a whole fridge of nothing but mountain dew to to drink and unlock your connect so you can play video games <laughs> jesus christ it only just now occurred to me that this is dual verification. Like, it's dual verification for dual verification. It's dual dual verification. Oh, because, they, because they've already ooh. verified, like, yes, I should be here by having the star tokens, right? Yeah. And they know what, you're supposed to be there. I was so confused. There's they have no these way. extra cards to verify, yes, I'm supposed to be here. Like, I didn't get the point of that. But no, it's dual verification. He's just being secure. <laughs> um... But the connect, you know, I yeah, the connect's only good purpose was just being able to shout the the thum at Skyrim. <laughs> well, that and using it not for its intended purpose, and just using it for research. You mean porn? No, I don't mean porn. Tyler. Oh, you mean scientific I mean research, not like research you're doing at home. Got okay. the dev kits for for connect, and we're using it in like. Um, universities or whatever oh oh, oh, oh okay <laughs> sorry like you said movies. you said research with like implied quotes around it <laughs> no i meant literal actual research with grants and schools and students and everything got you got you yeah yeah, yeah i can see that <laughs> um but anyway so bandit keith is like yeah sure i got my verification card here and he produces the card that he stole out of joey's jacket at the he end produces of- his mountain dew uh, he produces his Mountain Dew and drinks it in front of the Connect. Uh, he he stole it. It wasn't in the last episode, was it? It was two episodes was a, ago. Yeah, a couple episodes back when Three he snuck into ago. Joey's room at night and stole it out of his pocket. Right. So for those of you playing along at home, uh, this was like a month ago. So if you don't remember, that's okay. I didn't either. <laughs> um, but so he stole Joey's card. And of course, that was the card that Yugi gave to him because neither Bandit Keith nor Joey are actually supposed to be here, which yeah. I guess is why you have the dual verification cards. And yet it didn't work. And yet it didn't so work. So think of a better system, Pegasus. None of these guys are supposed to be on your island and they're running around causing all kinds of mayhem. Right. 
They're and, in like two of your guys in the entire like final however many people are eight? Four? Uh yeah, the final four, yeah. The final like half the people in the final four are literally not supposed to be on this island. Right. And they he, weren't invited. And he has a security staff, clearly. Like he sent in armed guards to raid uh 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 fucking Kaiba's like underground bunker. Yeah, what kind of system had, do you have in place here? He had Kimo track down and like abscond with Mokuba. Nothing about this is tournament legal. <laughs> He's got the enforcers, right? He's got like um uh, uh what what's his name? Uh is it Psychic? No, what's his name? The guy that we made fun Which of. Which guy? The 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 one who talks like Hulk Hogan. Oh, that guy. The the head sp- the guy with the hair spike. Yeah, what's his name? No, 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 not the hair spike. That's that's chemo. That's chemo. Uh, the enforcer with the big wrist guards. Oh, the Pain. guy who is panic. Panic. Thank you. Panic, panic with, a, with K. a K. Oh, God, I miss panic. Those were the <laughs> those were the good old days of Yu Gi Oh. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what. Those are the good old days. Ten up, ten, twelve episodes ago. <laughs> um. I think Pegasus just doesn't give a shit about anything. I, you know what? I have to agree. I have to agree because he doesn't. This whole time, he doesn't care, right? Like, yeah. Bandit Keith produces the card, and he's and he he like, you know, tells Joey like, "Go ahead, show him your verification card. Bet you can't, uh, because he fucking stole it." And yeah, Joey's people like, "People are cheating. Who cares? Yeah, who if people cares? are on your island for, and you didn't invite them. Who cares? He just wants to pe- people to duel with his card game for his own enjoyment, right? And like, he definitely knows that this is what's going on, right? Like, he he has the Millennium Eye. I'm positive that he saw Bandit Keith steal the card. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, there, you know, it's it's Airbud rules at this point. There's nothing in the rulebook saying you can't steal the card." Well, Pegasus literally wrote the rule book, and I think he just doesn't care about any rules whatsoever. Okay, we're going to go back to this real quick. Is there a rule book? (laughs) No, there isn't, and I think that's the problem with this whole show. I think the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh! are an oral tradition. (laughs) Passed down from generation to generation. For, For like a generation and a half, because the creator of the game is still alive. Yeah. So passed down from generation. <laughs> from generation. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway, where was anyway. I going with this? Uh, Joey tries pulling the card out of his jacket. And he's like, oh, sure, no problem. I got it right here. And then he realizes that it is a problem. And he doesn't have it right there because Bandit Keith stole it. Uh, so he goes, well, it's no problem. I bet I just left it in my room. Uh, and he's like, I'll just go. I'll just go grab it real quick. And Croquet is like, you have five minutes. There's a time limit on this. The duel starts exactly at 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. Okay. Yes. A, yes. What time does that mean that Yugi's duel started? I don't know. Nine. I don't think it's terribly important. Did they have breakfast? Did they have? And maybe everyone's running around on an empty stomach. Well, that's what I'm concerned about, Jimmy. I'm concerned for their well-being. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I bet you if anyone had breakfast, it was just my. Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, and we. The only we, competent person here. And we see her in a minute, too, and she's still the only yeah. competent person in the room. Uh, so Joey is like heading, running back to the room, 
and realizes that he can't find it. He tears the room apart. Uh, did you did you notice anything weird about the room? That he absolutely demolished it? Mm-hmm. Other than that, no. There was like two frames that stood out to me, and I don't know why. There is a, and I don't know if you even saw the episode open or not, uh, there's a shot of the bedroom that shows a dresser drawer pulled open, and the only thing in it is a large bottle of pills. <laughs> no, I did not see it. It's this. very large, and it is full of white pills what? that are also very large, and it's the only thing in the drawer. And like, oh my god, they're not living there, now. right? Like, this is a, ostensibly like a hotel room for them. Did Joey bring this? No, because they've famously not had anything on them for the last week. So this was just in this random room in Pegasus's castle, this like giant bottle of pills. <laughs> like what? what why? Uh, hold on. Let me go back in the episode and find this. I really want to see this now. It's in that scene. It's in that scene where he's tearing apart the room. But right, Keith's machinations part one. Okay, so while you while you find that, I'll describe the next little bit here. Uh, while he's searching, he 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 kind of just gets to a point where he gives up. Like he realizes, I fucked up. I lost the thing, and now uh, my sister is just going to be blind forever. And I there's nothing I can do to stop it. Um, so he he kind of breaks down. It's it's a fairly emotional moment. I mean, like I said in the last episode, I think Joey oh, is found really the one. Okay, okay, here we go. Hold on, let me scroll forward just a little more. But anyway, all I was going to say is I I think Joey's really the only character in the show that's having like a real like emotional development because he's kind of coming to grips with this fact that he may have just like ruined this for him and his sister. And then he's interrupted. But first, find the shot for me. Okay, I found the shot. Um, I'll get it for our Instagram. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's just a, a dresser drawer. In one drawer, there's like a book and some pens. And then in the next drawer, there's like a spiral notebook and like another small book uh-huh. and just a big bottle of pills. Right. Maybe that's why no one's eaten breakfast because Pegasus just left everyone a big bottle of freaking cocaine pills. <laughs> Get them up to speed in the morning. I mean, I can't imagine what it is because they're just like, they're like horse pills, but they're white. Yeah. They're huge. Aspirin? May- maybe maybe i mean that'd be like the responsible thing but also i mean these are children like be more responsible with where you leave your pills pegasus Jeez. (laughs) so anyway that part made no sense to me um uh joey's crying is interrupted by Mai. oh yeah he is like having a full-on mental breakdown on the floor yeah and it's like i don't know i kind of feel for him i think he's Maybe being a little overdramatic, but I feel for him. Yeah, his sister is going to go blind if she can't have the money to pay for her surgery. Right, but that's a lot of pressure to put on yourself, honestly. Like, I don't know. It's, it. yeah, it's weird. Um, but so then Mai shows up, and I, I forget exactly what she says, but she essentially, like, tries to comfort him, right? Yeah. Uh, and then hands him, like, a handkerchief uh, yeah. because he's crying. Right. And she's like, just don't blow your nose in it, basically. Uh, And says, you know, something along the lines of, you know, you could do this. You can save your sister. Like, Taya told me about your sister and everything. Like, you can can make this happen. You just have to believe in yourself. Uh, And she uh, walks away. I wrote down, 
What does she say? She says something really weird. Oh, yeah. It sounded like a bad soap opera, to be honest. But then again, who doesn't love a bad soap opera? Right. And I I kept that in my notes because she says that about Joey's story uh, and and how he has to, like, raise the money to to save his sister or for his sister's operation. I mean, um, it's not like she's dying. She's just going to go blind. She'll still be alive. It's fine. Um, But... uh, I wrote that down in my that line down in my notes and it was just like literally what keeps this show going. <laughs> that is that is the plot of our podcast. I mean, yeah. Then again, who doesn't love a bad soap opera? <laughs> oh, and then this is the next thing. So this is the entirety of her advice to Joey. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, are you writing this down? Are you keeping notes? Yes. She says these words. These are very important. And this is this is the key to any duel. She says take him down oh okay okay that sounds pretty easy <laughs> yeah here's the secret to winning uh at, at duel monsters uh oh good you wrote it down good 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 uh here's the secret to winning any duel monsters duel win just take him down better yet don't lose <laughs> yeah so anyway so then in the handkerchief that she hands him uh is the verification card that he needs uh, so then her card because she doesn't need it anymore since she's been eliminated. Right. And, and then she like walks away and is like, yeah, of course we're still friends. Like, Yeah. He says, so does this mean we're still friends? And she's like, don't you have something better that you should be focusing on right now? Get going. <laughs> and then he runs away like, oh yeah, I forget that there's a time limit and I have like literally 10 seconds to get back to that room. Right. And then like, there's like a one second shot of Maya and she's like, of course we're friends now dork <laughs> which i just thought was real sweet it's so like good the greatest my continues to be i think the best character of this like little arc here yeah um, my and pegasus yeah well i mean pegasus is gonna be the best character of any arc let's be honest true uh and then he gets back with like a second to spare right like it literally changes one to second 11 yeah as he as he shows up um and then bandit keith is still like oh he's come to Tell us the bad news that he can't make it, that he, he couldn't find the card. And then he produces the card that Mai gave him. Um, and, and Bandit Keith, like, kind of freaks out for a second. Yeah, whoa, how could this happen? Realizing, oh, no, I'm actually going to have to duel this guy. <laughs> uh, and then and, he said something that I thought was weird. It was like, I kind of was hoping that you'd show up. But, like, how? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, a part of me was hoping that we would duel yeah but if he stole the card he knew right i mean i guess he was wrong anyway but he knew that there was no way that it would work yeah so you he went out of his way to stop this from happening so i don't know man i don't know i don't know what keith expected um but then the duel starts and the duel gods be praised doesn't start until like halfway through the episode yeah, now we're finally getting back into that part we all know and love, card games. <laughs> oh no, not card games. <laughs> uh, what is it? You wrote it down in your notes. What is the thing that Joey says? I'm trying to scroll oh. to find it. He starts He starts the duel with a really weird quote. Because Bandit Keith yeah. is like, uh, oh, this will be a nice warm-up duel for me. <laughs> Joey reacts with a really weird line. He says, I'll warm you up and wear you out. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, maybe don't say that, Joey. Uh, 
but uh, so they both start with putting uh, monsters in defense mode, so face down defense mode. Yeah. Uh, and then Bandit Keith brings out uh, his first monster. He he places one from defense mode to attack mode, and it is the what is it? It's the pendulum machine. Yeah. Uh, which I think should go with a pit machine. This robot is really weird. It's a robot. It's a machine card, mm-hmm. and it's got like the top half is kind of like um, R O B Rob uh, from like. Oh, like the Nintendo peripheral? Of Nintendo fame, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And it's got just like these evil claws on the sides. And then like the entire bottom half is just like a giant swinging scythe that goes forward and backwards. And I have to wonder, when it attacks other monsters, does it just grab them and then just like hip thrust them to death with its its pendulum? It's like deadly dry humping. Yeah. (laughs) It's really it's uncomfortable a weird design. yeah it's a very odd design uh, and it just kind of floats there with its blade like facing the ground um but he plays a machine monster and then there's another shot of uh that like very anime all the characters reacting in like a split screen right yeah uh because pew, 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 pew. everyone's like you gotta machine have the monster what's that and uh joey's like oh okay well cool fine it's just the machine i can take it down and he attacks it with i forget the name of the card i remember it having a weird name it was like fear of the something some it's it's a monster it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter part to remember is that it's a magical creature right and so he attacks with magic and the magic hits the machine and kind of just like ripples off of it like it, it it forms like a stream that flows around the machine without actually hitting it uh at which point it's revealed that machines are impervious to magic because okay listen <laughs> this entire show we've been watching magical creatures fight each other uh-huh. and not once have we seen anyone fight with machines that are invulnerable to all magic right until now right literally everyone has been using magical creatures and magical attacks so why wouldn't anyone be using these this creature type that is immune to magic and you and i have the same question because yugi and bakura talk about it and yugi's like yeah machine monsters are some of the most powerful in the game because they're impervious to literally all magic not just magical monsters but spells and their effects which is a whole subset of cards so like how has the meta of the game not changed so that most people are playing machine cards why is this the first time 31 episodes in that we've seen this yeah how come you didn't put any of these things in your deck yugi yeah you would how come no one has these things like does the uh, uh, blue eyes white dragon white lightning attack count as magic? It's a dragon. Are dragons magical? I I I mean I personally feel like dragons are fairly magical. I might be biased, but you know I would say that getting hit by a dragon's li- magical lightning breath is probably magic. Yeah. So well, could where's, could where's Bandit Keith the- beat Kaiba? I don't know. No one's tried. Apparently not. No one's used any of these freaking invincible cards. I 
I just don't. I, mm, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And there's a great there's a great line in here where Bakura in his incredibly fake British accent is like, uh, when when Taya realizes that the magic isn't hitting the machine, Bakura says, uh, "Great Scott, it's not." <laughs> uh, which is bad and wonderful. Uh, and and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is just the way that it's always been, I suppose." So, I don't know. Anyway, so there there's a little bit of back and forth here, but essentially, uh, Joey keeps playing monsters in defense position, uh, and uh, Yugi explains to the peanut gallery like machines are really good, but only at head-on attacks. So if Joey keeps playing monsters in defense position, Bandit Heath can't attack his life points because if you kill a monster that's in defense position like nothing happens to you, the player, nothing happens to your life points. Yeah. So Joey starts playing traps that will deal damage to, uh, his monsters to bandit keys monsters. And it actually like looks pretty positive for Joey. Like he starts playing pretty confidently, which is neat. Keith bandit Keith catches onto this and is like, okay, I can't have him keep defending. I have to lure him into attacking me so that he has a monster in attack mode, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he drops, he like, he says on his turn, he's like, okay, and I'm gonna play this monster in defense mode. And he like fumbles it. So yeah, he like it, accidentally, quote unquote, drops a card onto the, like the card reader part of the arena. Mm-hmm. So it appears for a split second. He's like, oops, guess you just pretend you didn't see that and like picks it up. Yeah, and, and, a creature that wasn't a machine, so it would be vulnerable right. to uh, Joey's attacks. And Joey spots that. Joey knows what the monster is and notices that it's not a machine so that he can attack it with magic. So he summons, like, the flame swordsman and gives it the salamandra spell. So it's a very powerful, like, fire magic attack. Uh, and Bandit Keith still plays it in defense mode. And so then Joey attacks, and he's like, oh, well, you know, you fucked up now because now my trap activates uh, and that monster is actually way more powerful. So it's going to reflect or what is it? He, he gives it a metal armor. Yeah. So it essentially becomes a machine uh, and reflects the uh, flame swordsman attack right back at the flame swordsman. Yeah. It gets the, um, the metal cap from super Mario 64. Yes. And it that's becomes exactly a metal it. A metal magic monster, and it's like, and the flame swordsman has a really weird death sound. I'm really into oh, the I death animations this. in the show. It's really, it's really odd because his his death sound is like, oh, <laughs> oh, Dabra. I didn't catch that. He turns into Ray Romano. Dabra, oh, um, everybody loves flame swordsman. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's favorite card flame swordsman but yeah so uh he uh bandit keith then turns around and attacks with that same monster but then that activates joey's trap card that everyone forgot about and bandit keith is like no way you set a trap for me like all indignant about this trap card that's definitely been there for two turns and um uh, you wrote this that the fucking reaction shots in this episode are off the chain, they and are. it's true because there it's one of those um, uh, the shots where 
like one half of the screen is what's going on. The other half of the screen is all of these like fragments with everyone's face and them going, wah. Yeah, like if you if you want like a crash course in how to do anime framing, like watch this episode because they do it three separate times, three individual times where they do like a full cast reaction shot and they do it three different ways. Yeah. The first time it's the pew, 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 and everyone's like reaction shot, like going sideways like a fan across mm-hmm. the 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 screen, and then like the reaction shot after that is like all these um, these bars show up crossing the screen in different ways. Right, they're different colors, and then everyone's face is like right in the middle. Uh, and then there's another one that's like a, a bunch of split screens. Yeah. This is, there's just tons of reaction shots in this episode. I and guess they really enjoyed like animating those, I guess. I, I guess, and it, it, they're all different, and they're all... I don't think we've seen any of them in the show prior to this. No. So maybe maybe my theory from last episode is right. Maybe they're just like playing with getting new animators into the mix. Could be. I didn't notice that the animation was different, especially on Mai, because there was a face that was like a close-up of her face. Mm-hmm. And then, like, zoomed out to see your full body. And, like, in the close-up, her face was, like, twice as wide as in the full body shot. Yep. Yeah. So I think I think I was right last episode. I think the animator from last episode had a crush on Mai. And then they just, like, didn't work on this episode. <laughs> um, uh, we spent oh. all, our mu- our, all our budget drawing Mai's face this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the other note I had from this scene besides the like full cast reaction is Pegasus has like almost no lines this, this whole episode. Uh, but he has one right here. That's really good. Cause it's, it's Joey turning the tide on bandit Keith and everyone realizes like, Oh, he's still in this. And Pegasus does a, Hmm. Yeah. It just shows Pegasus off in the distance. And he's like, Hmm. It's so good. It's so like, <laughs> If you need to get Pegasus to not say anything but say everything, that that non-line there is just it's brilliant. <laughs> it's such a Pegasus thing to do too. Anyway, the point is um Joey starts setting all these traps. Um mm-hmm. and machines are vulnerable to traps. Right, because they're not magic attacks. Yeah, and so he's actually able to use uh, all these trap cards, such as the spike trap, to just uh, goad um, Benda Keith into attacking him, and then his creatures die, and he loses life points, and so he gets it down to like fifty above. He gets it so Keith's life points are like fifty above Joey's. Right, right, um, and they're yeah, they're like neck and neck. Uh, and then uh, Bandit Keith is like, nobody beats Bandit Keith, nobody. Uh, and, and essentially like in, uh, insinuates that he has some greater plan that we're going to see in the next episode. Yeah, I think he mentions too that he's just going to keep sending creature after creature out at Joey until like he runs out of trap cards and gets defeated. Right, Total yeah. Total Zerg player right there. <laughs> God, it is. It is. I feel like there was something else in there that I'm forgetting, but that really was it i think in a nutshell like the duel because it started halfway through the episode felt very short but that's because we're yeah. going to see the rest of the duel in the next episode oh boy but yeah it ends right there yeah the to be continued it's all multi-part episodes from here on out 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, no, that was it. It was the fact you brought this up at the very beginning is why I didn't bring it up again. Uh, but he says here as well that he's the intercontinental champion. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that's why no one will beat him is because he is the intercontinental champion. And Joey's like, ooh, intercontinental. Mm. Oh, I think his exact line was, I can find better uh, prizes than that in a box of cereal. <laughs> Which is a pretty good line. Which, to be fair, I mean, intercontinental champion sounds like a breakfast. Yeah, the intercontinental breakfast. Right. Uh, but yeah, the episode the episode ends there. Uh, Jimmy, what was your favorite part of this episode? That's a good question. Um, my favorite part was Mai's line to Joey, saying that yes, like like he is completely out of earshot. She's saying this just for herself. Mm. Where she's where he runs away and he's like, "Of course we're friends now, dork." And it was just a real cute, sweet line, and it, it really showed her uh, her growth as a character and like who she is now. Yeah, yeah, I like that, and I like. I mean, so much of the show is about like friendship, right? Like the power of friendship, and we saw that in the last episode, even. But it yeah. feels really good to see a character be like, "Yes, like you're kind of a loser right now. Like you're acting." like you you need to suck it up and just like go do your job but yeah we're friends yeah it was just a real sweet moment that i liked yeah what was what was your best my my the best part of this episode for me was the music the score really? for this episode is so good because I, I did notice that a couple of times because they have a it's not quite a theme. It's it's a it's a motif, we'll say, for Bandit Keith. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. And it's it's as though they got like uh Rage Against the Machine to write music for Yu-Gi-Oh! It's this like grungy guitar, like rhythm guitar, uh that's just like a couple of chords over and over again, but it's so like ah, it's it's so like dirty electric that just feels great in a duel it works so good it, it works was like, so well it was like they got some random japanese composer to be like okay think of america and what america is and yes. write music for that yes that's exactly it think think of what american rock is like a like the stereotype of american music right and it's just this like dirty <laughs> fuzzy electric and it's it's uh it's so good there's like just a bunch of distortion happening uh there's a little bit of a synth in there um i've been listening to uh this band on youtube called brass against have you heard of them no so brass against i guess it's sort of like an honorary recommendation for me just since i'm talking about like youtube music uh it's this group that does brass band covers of like uh rage against the machine which is where the name comes from uh and, or like um like tool or pantera uh and they they do like um bulls on parade but with like a tuba and trumpets uh and it's really really good um, what's this called it's called if you just look up brass against on youtube um they had a, a video come out i think within the last couple of weeks but i forget what the name of the song was um, but that's, that is a hundred percent the vibe that the music in this episode gives me. And it's just, uh, oh, it's wonderful. It's perfect for Bandit Keith too. 
It really is. It really truly is. And it makes me want to make like AMVs of like Rage Against the Machine <laughs> with Bandit Keith clips. Do it. God, I will. That'll be that'll be up on our uh, our Instagram. <laughs> well, now that you said that, you actually have to do it now. God damn it. All right. Well, okay, we'll see what I can do. I don't have uh, right. I don't have iMovie on my computer anymore because I'm on a PC now. Oh. I gotta figure out how to do that. I'll put it on my Lauren iPad. Have a laptop? Uh yeah, but it's also a PC. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We're in PC land now. It's very weird. Well, that means they have to stray into true AMV territory and use Windows Movie Maker. I have never in my life used Windows Movie Maker and it kind of terrifies me. Oh, it's so bad. But maybe you're right. Maybe that'll just be this will be the time that I that I put it to use. Gotta have that aesthetic. You gotta. You just gotta. Gotta have that blue background with the white text that like zooms in and does like an echo effect. Ugh, ugh, yeah. Uh, what was your uh, least favorite part of this episode? My least favorite part was once again how they're pulling entire like super important game mechanics completely out of their asshole for this one episode. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere. The. Just the idea that there's this entire, uh, like, group or class of monsters that are invulnerable to something we've been seeing the entire time we've been watching this show. Yeah, to like uh, to like three quarters of the cards that we've seen this show. Yeah, and just now they're pulling out and being like, "Oh no, how are they going to get past this one?" Right. It's, it's just so weak as in terms of like a storytelling aspect, especially when you're trying to make it a cohesive um, like game narrative. Yeah, I mean, like I would have I would have understood. Oh, here comes Pepper. Hey, bud. You just wanted to be a part of the podcast hey, again, huh, bud? Who's that good boy? Huh? Pepper. So I'm in the I'm in our guest room. Uh, and Hi, buddy. Our, we just have our mattress like on the floor. Um <laughs> And Pepper loves being able to jump up on the mattress, so he will actually push hard enough on the door that he can open it because the latch what? isn't super strong. Uh, and he'll just like come in and chill here if, if we let him. Um, oh, I miss recording with that good boy. Yeah, here he is. Can you make a sound for the podcast or no? Maybe not. Um, the cats have figured out how to open my bedroom door, which is terrifying. Oh, God, that's scary. It's like velociraptors. I was no. chilling in bed one time and like the I could hear my door just crack open and one of the cats ran in cuz he had been like sitting outside and yelling at me to open the door. Oh, but no. since it's um it's not doorknobs but door handles, mm -hmm. uh, I guess he figured out he could just jump up and grab onto it long enough for the latch to be undone so we oh, can like Jesus. come in here <laughs> that would be especially terrifying because like i don't know if you could hear it at all we have handles in our place too and they're incredibly squeaky for some reason they make oh, this like obnoxious. horrible squeaking noise no so that would just be terrifying in our place like you hear just the slow here's pepper oh boy uh what were we talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Uh, what was your worst? My worst was again something Bandit Keith related. He says he says this thing that I think is very telling about Bandit Keith as a character. He says nobody beats Bandit Keith. Nobody. <laughs> Do you remember like 6 episodes ago where a literal child beat Bandit Keith? <laughs> a child with a post-it note that Pegasus wrote on? 
Yeah, he just handed this random kid from the audience a post-it note saying, do this, and you'll beat Bandit Keith. And this, like, random five-year-old yeah, was, was his, able to do it. What was his name? It. Like, Sam or something. I don't remember. But, like, on the world stage in front of God and everyone, like, all the TV cameras, like, it was the end of the championships. Right. And he just hands it off to some random kid who beats Bandit Keith. Oh, that's, I didn't even think about that. That was the end of the championships. Was that the Intercontinental Championship? It might have been. I forget which championship that was. Is Bandit Keith lying about being the Intercontinental Champion? In front of Pegasus, the guy who beat him with a child. Let's face it, Pegasus doesn't give a shit what happens this round. (laughs) That's true. You could say whatever, right? But is 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 he not actually the Intercontinental Champ? Maybe not. Maybe not. Like it's it kind of seems that way. Because that flashback didn't seem like it was from that long ago. I mean we'll have ban- to go back and for example, Bandit Keith out. is still wearing the same bandana. Yeah. The man I've, owns one bandana. Well, everyone in this this show owns exactly one outfit that they wear all the time. Do you think it's like a Doug Funny situation where it's actually twelve outfits but they're all the same? <sighs> That's a or good question. Let's okay. Let's be more real. Do you think it's like my situation where it's twelve <laughs> outfits, but they're all the same? <laughs> I don't think my would do that. But but uh, I mean, what like, if we we've seen her wear the same thing this whole time? Granted, she is just on like a deserted island. But yeah, is Joey wearing something different? Because at the beginning of the show, he and Tristan were both in their school uniforms. Oh and yeah. I know Yugi is always wearing his school jacket, but just right. kind of around his shoulders. Yeah, his transformation makes it more of a cape. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only person we see change clothes like in any real way. Well, Joey and Tristan get new jackets. Yeah, Tristan's wearing that brown coat for these last this last um story arc. Right. Uh and then Kaiba gets a new jacket, is that right? I don't remember. I don't remember. I was it, does, it, it truly doesn't matter. Uh, like most things in this show. Uh, but anyway, so that's my worst, where Bandit Keith just straight up lies about everything. <laughs> well, uh, that's just him being a shit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's exactly what he is. Uh, but that brings us to uh, what's going to be, unfortunately, my favorite part, because it's 11.30 p.m. my time. <laughs> and you want to go to bed. I do. <laughs> It's time to end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, we end the episode with a random Yu-Gi-Oh card of the week. Oh, boy. Although I, I do want to point out, so uh, I am going to forget your name, uh, dear listener. Let me let me look it up real quick. But we did get a shout out from a listener just being like, hey, why do you do a random card of the week uh, and not a card from the episode? Uh, and they had a really good recommendation of, of card of the week from last episode. Uh, and that was um, for the the brain control. I'm so sorry. I'm fucking this up. I didn't think about this ahead of time. Um, do, do, well, do. the reason we use a random card is so you can use your random card generator that you put on the website. Yeah, partially it's just because I put something together and I want to use it. Uh, it was uh, f- now friend of the show, Mr. Popo Sees You. Uh, that's at Mr. Popo Sees All, MR Popo Sees All. Uh, and, and they were, were like, Hey, yeah, why don't you use a card from the episode? Because that'd be like interesting pertaining to the episode. Uh, and 
my uh, 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 most true, my most personal and sincere uh, and honest answer is because I don't know enough about this game (laughs) (laughs) that using a random card just helps me cover that up, which is, it works for me. But uh, but they made a good point uh, and said that brain control uh, was maybe the most interesting card from the last episode, which I I have to agree it probably was. Brain control. Uh, I think if I had to pick a card of the week from this episode, it would be uh the the uh pendulum monster oh, yeah. just because pendulum machine just because i have to picture that as being like a weird dry humping to death attack <laughs> um i mean but, it literally is just a floating robot torso with like a giant axe hanging under it yep yep so i, I think just on looks alone that might be my card of the week from this episode but let's do a random card of the week still uh because uh we can Jimmy, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This week's card of the week is Mermail Abyss Spike. Sorry, what? Mermail Abyss Pike. M-E-R-M-A-I-L. Mermail. Like a mermaid, but a man. Uh-huh. Well, no, no, no. Like a mermaid, but from the post office. Oh, mermail. Mermail. <laughs> abyss, abyss Pike. Abyss, like from the abyss. Uh-huh pike like a medieval weapon all right uh mermail abyss pike is a four star fish slash effect monster and it says when this card is normal or special summoned you can discard one water monster to the graveyard add one level three water monster from your deck to your hand you can only use this effect of mermail abyss pike one per turn or once per turn uh it's got 1600 attack 800 defense and i've got a picture of it pulled up here I'm looking at him too. It's, Why don't you go ahead and describe this guy? Because usually I do that. It's actually really cool looking. Um, picture, uh, I mean, like you said, Jimmy, like a mermaid, but but a, but a dude, but a, a, a what a, what appears to be somebody presenting as male, um, with like Hercules hair, like Fabio hair, like blonde, yeah. uh, and and like a. Um, uh what's the word for that a like a tiara almost like a headband made out of of metal and like imagine like a fantasy barbarian and that's kind of what the the look is here yes and they've got like uh like stainless steel armor on and i think the the most there there are two really standout features here one is the armor they're wearing on their back i can't quite figure it out it it's it's like a breastplate, but on their back, and the top and it's got part... some like fins and spikes on it. Yeah, but then the top part like comes up past their head, not into a spike, but into like half a tube. Yeah, like um, like one of those woodworking tools that I can't remember the name. Yes, of right now. yeah, it's like something that you would use for like lino cutting. Yeah, to, like a like a like an engraving tool. Um. So that's anyway, a thing. He's a mer merman. Uh huh. And the fish part of him. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is apparently like a salmon or it, something. It looks that way. It's like a big silver scaly fish of some sort. Uh, maybe a tuna. Is that supposed to be a tuna? It might be because it's just huge. Yeah. The notable part about this is usually when you pick of you think of a a mer folk type uh 
creature. They've got like they're half human and then half fish. Mm-hmm. This guy is like half human and then another two thirds fish below that. Like his torso starts where a fish's face would be. Right. He's like a he's like a tuna centaur. Yeah, because he's got um fins on his bottom half Mm -hmm. like where a fish would be and then he is just like emerging from like the face of where the fish's face would be yeah where the fish face should be wow try saying fish face fish 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 (laughs) uh where the fish face should be is where his like torso starts i can't tell if like there's a smooth transition there or if like he's been merged with a fish because there's armor covering it it could be that a fish has begun to swallow a man (laughs) an (laughs) art he's the uh he's the slowpoke of uh of Yu-Gi-Oh cards yeah and he's just like kind of decided to deal with it and like put up with it yeah where he's not actually a mermaid he just got partially eaten by the fish and he's like well i guess i'm a separate creature now (laughs) I guess I'm my my own distinct thing. Uh, yeah. So that's our card of the week. That's uh, that's Mermail Abyss Pike, uh, Abyss Pike, Ab- Ab- Abyss Abyss Pike, Abyss Pike, Mermail Abyss Pike, uh, Mermail Abyss Pike. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, and please do, I I, I really recommend it. We're fun to talk to. Uh, you can reach us uh, on Instagram or uh, Twitter at Yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Uh, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can visit our website. That's tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P, or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Um, if you want to find me on, on uh, not Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, it's tyler.games, tyler, D-O-T, games. Uh, if you want to find Jimmy, that's uh, JRBSFX on Twitter. Uh, Jimmy, do you have anything you want to plug? Nope. Okay. You still doing your podcast? Yep. Uh, I am actually about to go record that in like an hour. So. Oh, right. Because it's like afternoon your time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's Dungeons Against Humanity, uh, the podcast. Uh, if you're into Cards Against Humanity or like actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, I really recommend it. Uh, you've got, what, nine episodes out now? I have no idea. I don't handle that a number side of a number of episodes out now, but that's D A H podcast on Twitter. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps us up. Uh, I don't have anything necessarily else to plug. Uh, if you enjoy uh, reading about how Fast and Furious is actually a Dungeons and Dragons plotline, you can go to my website, uh, which is just Tyler Games. Uh, I wrote far too much about how that's a fact. I saw you put that on your Twitter. I haven't read it yet, but I'm interested. It's long, and I apologize. It's like 4,500 words about why Fast and Furious is actually Dungeons and Dragons. Um, And it's bad. Um, But uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week. Until next time, take him down.